everyone in between and outside the fabricated gender binary. Welcome to Note for Note, a podcast which takes an in-depth look at how music affects people on a personal level. I'm your host, Michelle Lightshoot. Unfortunately, Hal and Wolf could not make it today because they are in fact dead. Instead, I will be interviewing my sister this episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, an album that was incredibly important to her during her time when she was out in London. And I actually never heard of this band before, um, but she was telling me about them. Uh, she told me about them a couple times, and, you know, I didn't really look them up, uh, unfortunately, just going to be honest. I didn't really look them up until uh, she told me that she wanted to do the interview about them. So I checked them out, and I couldn't find out too much information about this band. Uh, they're called Auto Heart. They're from the United Kingdom, and that's basically all I know about them. Uh, aside from the fact that they put out this album called I Can Build a Fire. And it's a very interesting album. Uh, lots of electronic pieces and very interesting lyrics. Um, I don't want to go too much into it. We don't talk about the album as much as, uh, as, much as we do sometimes on here uh, because we kind of get into more personal stuff, uh, which, you know... If you're familiar with how the podcast goes, that's usually how it uh how it winds up tracking. So sorry for the rambling interview to start things off today, but just kind of wanted to give uh, a little bit of a background synopsis on going into it. Um, I will also say that she was getting over a cold, um, so any like any residual coughs and stuff that we can't wind up tracking out, um. This is just going to be a part of it. Um, it shouldn't. I hope it's not too distracting. Anyways, here's the interview with my sister. Yeah. Now I like the guitar. And your face. Awful. You mean? Yeah. I feel like a so, turd. What? I feel like a turd. That's wonderful. I'm gonna put that right in the podcast. That's exactly how it's gonna start. It's just gonna start with you saying, "I feel like a turd." Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, so I was like looking into Auto Heart and I know nothing about this band. Like there's not even that much, uh, information on the internet. Like how the hell did you even come across this band? So my boyfriend, Michael, actually showed them to me. Um, when we started dating last summer, we, he had this playlist. He loves to make playlists for every season. And one of the songs in it was, uh, Moscow. And it was actually from their first album. Okay. Um, and then I, I liked their sound. I thought they were really pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I was studying abroad is when their second album, the I Can Build a Fire album came out. And that's when I kind of really like fell in love with them and then really started listening to them after that. Okay. I'm just like trying to get an idea of like, so you first heard of them in when, when approximately when did you first hear of them? Um, yeah. I'm just kind of trying to get a little bit of a timeline. So. I, so I guess the first time I ever heard them was in like, it was 2018 now? Okay, mm -hmm. so I guess it was... So you were abroad in 2016? 16. So it was yeah. like June 2016. Okay. And then I think their, the second album came out, I want to say like September or October of 2016. It could okay. be a little little off there. Did it come out when you were, like, in London? Like Yeah. Okay. I was in London when it came out. I'm pretty sure. I can look it up really quick. 
mean, are yeah. we recording? Yeah, okay. I've been recording. I figured. Um, but I'm just trying to like get a sense of this. So like, you're over in the UK. You're studying abroad. Uh, you don't have your boyfriend there with you. He introduced you to this band. So like, he did. It's very interesting because I feel like, um, you know, he. Sorry, I'm trying to get the landscape for you. Okay, so it came out. It came out in August. It came out August 26, 2016. So I arrived in London on August 24th. Yeah. 2016. So like two days after. So two days after. Yeah. This album drops. This album comes out, mm-hmm. and I didn't really listen to it like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to a couple songs. Like they had a couple singles out. They had Oxford Blood, which is the first song yeah. on the album, yeah. and I love that song. Mm-hmm. And so that came out, and then that kind of was like the first song that like I mean, it was the first song that came out, but it also like really hooked me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really, I love the beat. Like mm-hmm. it, it's. It's kind of one of those songs where, like, every time I put it on, it, it's, like, a new song. Yeah. But, like, I fall in love with it every time because it's just, it just, I don't know, I just like the sound. And um, it kind of always, like, I listen to this album, mm-hmm. like, probably a thousand times. Oh, yeah. And um, that song, like, I'm very much, like, an album listener. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I listen to music, I would prefer to listen to the album, like, start to finish, mm-hmm. like, how the artist wanted to put it together. And so I always start with Oxford Blood. And <clears throat> when I was in London and I would, like, go to class, I would always play it in the morning. So, like, it really, it's just such a, like, I guess this album really, like, epitomizes the best time of my life, which is when I studied abroad in London. Mm-hmm. And even though Michael showed me this band, it very much is an independent band for me because I, it's not one of those albums where, like, you know, if we broke up, I would be, like, Oh, I can't listen to that because it yeah. reminds me of Michael. Like, mm-hmm. it's very much, like, I think I love them more than he does. Like, he showed them to me, but I really, like, fell in love with them. Yeah, I kind of got a similar thing going on with Danny. He showed me Alex Cameron. Mm-hmm. And I think he really likes like Alex Cameron. I'll have to show you him. Yeah. Um, but no, she showed, me, uh, she showed me his first album. And I listened to it a bunch of times. And then his second album came out. And I, you know, pretty much... Just kind of avoided the second one because the first one was so good. And yeah, I, that happens. And I cannot stop listening to the second one. Like, I really? listened to it twice today. It's it's really good. Um, but this it's not about me talking about Alex Cameron albums. Yeah, I'm it's going okay. Back, throwing it back to you. So, why did you pick this album instead of, like, other ones by this artist? Because you, you talked about you being in London and, you know... You you have you have that time of your life, but why not the the one that Michael first showed you? Um, I don't know. I guess like to be honest, I mm-hmm. really didn't listen to their first album much until I fell in love with their second album. Okay. <clears throat> because Michael showed me songs off the first album, and I love the songs, but I. <coughs> I'm You're sorry. Good. You're good. Um, but I. Quick sidebar: She is dying from a cold. Right yeah. Now. That's why I sound, I usually don't sound this way. Um, you sound more like me today. I sound, I sound uh, very deep toned in my yeah. voice today. Yeah, so but you sound like me today. It's okay. I kind of like my voice like this. I just don't like the tickling in my throat. Yeah. Um, but I guess like he would show me songs from them and I liked them. I, I, I loved them, you could say, but I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't inclined to listen to them. And also when we first started dating, I was on a major Borns kick. And so yeah. that was kind of like my, 
like all I listened to for a while because I just I loved his album his first album was so beautiful his second album actually just dropped today side note it's pretty good I've listened to it twice now it's pretty good um but uh I guess I guess the second album like I started listening to it in London and it really just kind of like I said like epitomizes the best time of my life and I feel like I relate to almost every song in a different way and I can almost think of like like one image in my mind for each song like you know like it i'm just gonna start throwing songs at you know, yeah yeah um i guess uh, i guess sylvia, like I think sylvia yeah. okay so that one like that reminds me of like going out in london and like going to clubs and like some of the clubs suck in london because it's like the cover charge is 20 pounds and Jesus it's Christ. just it's just bullshit but Sorry. That's like that's like how much I remember. Oh, I can't I can't do the conversion. It's like twenty. It's like, it's like twenty-five bucks. It's like twenty-four bucks. Twenty-five Jesus bucks. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it's like twenty-four bucks, but they um, but Sylvia, it's just got such a like you know, it's kind of that it's kind of the song in the album. It's I want to say it's almost like the outcast of the of the songs yeah. because it doesn't quite fit but it fits you know it's like yeah. it just it has a different sound but it's so fun and it just reminds me of like dancing mm -hmm. and i love dancing well, a lot of the songs on here have that sort of electronica disco sort of stuff which you know when i first listened to it i was like i know exactly like i was kind of piecing together other artists that i know that you like like tim and paula and borns mm -hmm. and um glass animals and i was like okay i can kind of see like how this this tracks with what type of music you would be listening to it's not like it's not it's not like you sent me some album and i'm just like what the hell is this like this is so like out there yeah no this yeah. is this is probably my this is my favorite album yeah. i just i can listen to it any day it's it's more than just my go-to album it's mm -hmm. my go-to feel-good album you know it's like it just makes me happy and like um, I don't know. I love, I love the song "Love Is the Cure" mm. for a lot of reasons. <clears throat> but let's delve into those. Let's go. Okay, so reason number one. Reason number one is I have a tattoo that says, I think it says, "Love is of all passions the strongest, for it conquers all." Got it when I was what eighteen. Yeah, I think we're eighteen. Um, maybe nineteen. <clears throat> and I just, I still truly believe that. Love is the cure. I really, I'm such a hopeless romantic at heart. I mean, as much as I like to pretend, you know, I'm an independent bitch. I really, uh -huh. I really love companionship. I love love. I really enjoy romance and falling in love. And I just, I just think it's a pretty song. And again, just very upbeat, very happy song. Um, and then what's another song? I guess. Well, is there no melancholic attachment to love? Or was there when you were in London listening to Love is the Cure, you know, like however many thousand miles away from your boyfriend back in Minnesota, and you're over in the UK, huge time difference going on between the two of you. Like, are you having this sort of like, I like wish you were here, I or I wish, you know, I was back there while you're in London listening to this song? Never wanted to be back here when Never. I was in London. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just no. Um, Do you I, want to be back here now, now that you're back here? No, I want to be back <laughs> in London. I loved London. Um, I loved London, too, but I wasn't there for three months. I was only there for, like, what? Week? I was there, there for four months. Yeah. Don't cut my months short. Yeah. It was already short enough. No, I, um, it, a lot of these songs, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny. I, I want to write a book one day, and it's, I want to write a love, a love poetry mm-hmm. book for my love of falling in love with London. Okay. I know that sounds goofy, but... I felt like this this album, like it just like I'm saying like a lot. Wow, I sound dumb. You have someone counted the amount of times that I said like in one of my episodes, and I believe it was thirty. So if you're keeping a tracker, uh, keep track of this episode, and we might break some records here. Yeah, it's a it's a sibling rivalry. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> versus Michelle, who can say like more? Who can say like more? Yeah. Um, I guess. Sorry, I'm just looking at the song list now. I guess like. <laughs> like <laughs> You're gonna sing it every single time you do it now, too, aren't you? I am. Um, um. I guess I just I just listened to this album so much in London that it just kind of became a part of my everyday routine there. And um. Do you have it when you're just like having montages. Of- Waking up, throwing on Possibility, or... I do, I do, I really do, and it's... Taking it's, a cab, listening to Joseph, or something like that. I do, and I think... I think some of the more deeper songs, like, I love the song Joseph. I think it's such a beautiful song. It It is so deep. I, I can sing every single word to that song when it's on, and I... I just feel all the emotion in it, and I... I think of that song, it's, it sounds like such a corny thing out of a movie, but... When I would walk through Hyde Park, I would I would listen to this album all the time, mm-hmm. as you know clearly. But um, yeah. it, <clears throat> you know, I it was almost like I wanted this album to be what I looked back on when mm-hmm. I thought of London because I'm not the best picture taker. Yeah, I love photography, but I I don't know. I'm just such a like live in the moment when I'm when I'm really trying to soak things in. So mm-hmm. I would play this album when I wanted to remember times because i knew kind of sonic imprint as to you're standing in the middle of hyde park you're watching people walk around and uh just catching the scenery and hearing all the other sights and you know hearing mm-hmm. all the sounds and outside of your headphones i guess yeah but you're just trying to encapsulate it all into this one song where you're like okay, play this and remember this exact moment yeah absolutely and i think that some of the more slower a little bit more meaningful songs on the album Mm -hmm. like joseph and hallelujah and before you came all make me think of um being in hyde park and being i had two favorite trees in hyde park and there are two giant maple trees and i would go there they were probably about a 15 20 minute walk from my flat and Mm -hmm. i would go there alone a lot of the times and sit under them I'd bring a blanket I'd bring my little speaker mm-hmm. and I'd go and sit under the tree and I would watch the magpie birds because we don't really have magpies here in the midwest um and I just think they're such beautiful birds I'm such a bird watcher mm-hmm. and so I'd go and sit there and I would listen to this album and I just I loved it and I remember I went there <clears throat> with some of my friends once and we brought some um jazzy cigarettes with us <laughs> and uh <laughs> 
they were like, let's find That's the one thing I was trying to think of, is I was like, we were in London for like four days, and I had no idea where I could get weed. Because I was still smoking weed at the time. Yeah. My roommates were a little more ambitious about finding it, and I would just be like, can you get me some, and I'll pay you, because I I wasn't going to go and get it myself. But I definitely enjoyed it when I got it. Um, But we went there once, and I... um, they're like, we should play music, and no offense, but they had a horrible taste in music, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll play what music. Listen, what were they listening to? What were they Bad playing? rap music. From America? Bad American yeah. rap music? Yeah. Okay. Just bad, bad rap what, music. What are you going to throw out here? Are you going to say it's going to be like, were they dropping what, Waka Flocka Flame? Um, I don't even know their names, to be honest, but a lot of them... Was it more in like the trap Some side of things? I guess it's not even rap, but like kind of like Chris Brown. Oh, Chris Brown. Like what? Like what is he even? I don't even know. I mean, no offense I to Chris Brown, but I mean, kind of R and B, I guess. Like I love R and B music, but I don't know. Chris Brown's just kind of. I don't know. I think he's really derivative, but that's that's a different topic. That's a different topic. For yeah, he. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I can't really remember. They would just listen to kind of like annoying house music too. Sometimes, like when we were trying to relax and have jazzy so you're just, c- so you're cigarettes. Just like, Trying to sit on the couch in their flat, and you're just smoking, and it's just like, yeah. And I'm just like such a not into that sort of thing. No. So we. You don't need to get hyped up when you're just trying to fucking chill. Exactly. I know the feeling. So I played this album, and they loved it. And I think Sylvia is a song that anybody will love if you. It was my favorite song off the album. It's an easy song to love. It's a good song. It's a happy song. It's a good dance song. Kind of discoy. Yeah, it's really it's fun. I love it. Mm Um, and so I think about that, the song Rip, that's a, that's a touchy one. (laughs) So, uh, when I was there, you know, I would go out sometimes, I'd drink a little too much, then I would be, (laughs) no, no, I would be, I would just be, I'm really not a good texter when I'm with people. Mm -hmm. I like to be with the people I'm with. And that was a hard thing, you know, being away from Michael, we tried to keep really good communication together. And Mm -hmm. I think. You know, there was a, not not many, but there was a couple times where I would go out and I would be out really late and I just yep. wouldn't look at my phone the whole night mm-hmm. and we'd have, you know, arguments about it. And I mean, we made it through. Nothing was ever the end of the world sort of thing. It was yeah. just, I'm not really good at communicating. And it's hard when it's nighttime for me and it's like daytime for him. And exactly. he's like up wanting to talk to me while we have those hours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Rip, you know, kind of talks, kind of like sings to, you know, why are, I can't remember the words right now, but it's like, why, why am I over here and you are over there? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. And there was, I know one night in particular, I listened to that song on repeat and just cried in my bed, missing Michael. And I was like, you know, I hope we can make it through this because we had really just met and just started dating before I left. I mean, we met and it was funny. Neither of us wanted to be dating anybody because mm-hmm. I knew I was studying abroad and he was you know, Wisconsin boy moving mm-hmm. to Minneapolis, uptown, wanted to, you know, meet people and whatever. Yeah. And then we met drunk at a bar and ended up really liking each other and just kind of ended up dating. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really good thing, but it was, you know, tough. It's like we just knew each other and it was like I was leaving for four months. And if I was dating anyone else, I don't think I would have done a long distance thing, but I could tell he was he was worth putting the time mm-hmm. and effort into. So I remember... um and obviously he felt the same. Um, <laughs> and I remember just, you know, a couple of tough nights. I'd listen to that song and I'd just, you know, think like, 
we gonna make it mm. we did we did there was yeah. definitely you know down moments but um I mean, anything with long distance especially that long distance you yeah definitely have that sort of like feeling of belonging yeah and i mean like being able to have something to act as a catalyst for you to express <laughs> those emotions because i know even myself i sometimes have time um expressing emotions when it comes to stuff just because i'm like you know, not so much now with all the estrogen <laughs> that helps, but um, but there's there's definitely a few things that there's a few songs I can just go to if I'm like I feel sad and I need a sort of cathartic cry. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I gonna go to? It's just like, uh, let's go find uh, Kentucky Avenue by Tom Waits. Immediately gonna cry. Yeah. Immediately. Sometimes like, you need those crier songs. Piano chords cry instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. What are some of, like what are some of the other things off of here that aren't going to be putting you in a downer mood? Because um, most of this album is pretty poppy. Yeah, most of this album is very poppy. Um, the Lots song, of electronic instrumentation as well. And the lead singer's voice is just so beautiful, in my opinion. It's just like it. It's like mesmerizing when you hear it. You're just kind of like, shit. What's this guy singing about? I want to listen. Me, I can't remember who you're right It reminds me of someone. The song before you came. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of Michael, but in a very happy sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line in there that it, it kind of goes, look up at the skyscrapers and I don't know, something, something. Basically saying, before you came, nothing was as beautiful as it is now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel that way about Michael. I even told him this morning, I said, you know, I think music sounds better when I listen to it with you because I do. He's just, he loves music. He just... He's so cute when he finds new music and he's just like, you gotta hear the song. And yeah. I love music, but <clears throat> I I would say I have a very good taste in music, but I'm not good at finding music. Like, I, I like when people recommend me artists yeah. and I'm really good at deciphering, like, if they're really good or if they're just okay. Yeah. So now I definitely am more inspired to shove Alex Cameron at you. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Forced Witness. It's great. <laughs> um... But yeah, that song I makes me think of him a lot, especially because, you know me, I love history. I'm mm-hmm. such a historical nerd. I used to want to be a costume designer because I just think modern everything is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't anymore. <laughs> and I think London and Michael really helped me with that because Michael and I just have two different styles. I'm such a, you know, kind of traditional earthy sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. style whether whether we're talking about design or yeah decorating mm-hmm. or whatever and michael's such a modern technology person but he's not like super cyberpunk where he's just like hey marissa check this out <coughs> robotic arm isn't that sweet no 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 but he <laughs> he definitely likes you know there's there's different like like let's say there's two lamps in a room mm-hmm. and we're gonna pick out a lamp yep. there's one that's more geometric and minimalist and then there's one that's very like filigree and gilded and historical looking i'm gonna pick that one he's gonna pick the geometric yeah. one and i think i'm also gonna side with him on that but that might also be i think you get more of a sense of style from mom yeah because she has all of the ornate but my style has definitely changed a lot yeah. and I, that <clears throat> that kind of goes with this song too because i think if it wasn't for michael and his love of minimalism and geometric Mm -hmm. beauty i wouldn't have been able to enjoy a lot of things about london because london is a very mixed city of historical and new and it's Mm -hmm. the old of the old and the new of the new yeah and it's 
so goofy sometimes when you see it because, <clears throat> like, for example, you have the Tower Bridge. Now, yes. a lot of yeah. people yeah. think yeah. that mm -hmm. the London Bridge, you know, yeah. Fergie's song, how come every time I come around, you know that song? <laughs> Yeah. Everyone thinks that the Tower Bridge is, mm -hmm. is that bridge. Yeah. That's not mm -hmm. the London Bridge. The London Bridge is a different bridge. It's actually very uninteresting. Now, the Tower Bridge is this beautiful, ornate, you know, very... <clears throat> we walked across it, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did. Um, My feet were fucking freezing. It was very cold that yeah. day. Yep. That was that, that was day the day that I bought Arsenal socks and then, like, put them over oh, my yeah. other socks. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. They, um... It's just this very, you know, oh, anyway, <laughs> this very um, regal looking bridge. And then on the other side of it, <clears throat> you see, I can't remember the building names. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. remembering architecture mm -hmm. names, but there's a building in London that pretty much looks just like a circle, a sphere. Yeah, yeah. I know. The one you see that one yeah. and it's all metal and unique. And then, you know, you look across the other side of the bridge and there's the gherkin and all in the mix is is you have these really new modern you know industry buildings and then you have these old regal structures of you know the tower bridge and the tower of london and what was fascinating about that too is that you also have everything that's in between that too yes. so you have like you know victorian era structures and you have like big ben and then you'll have like a fucking sixth like sixteenth century castle, yeah. like twenty minutes away that you can see if you get on top of the the what's it called the eye. You can get on the eye, or you can go to the, the top of the shard. Shit, yeah, which the shard is just a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. It's just the shards of glass, pretty much. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I'm just afraid of heights. <clears throat> no, the shards. Shards worth going to. It's a yeah. fun people watching time. It's interesting to see how the rich people live <laughs> yeah. definitely went out to a couple very expensive dinners when i was in london um just just because what's a better way to spend 200 pounds than eating a really good meal and drinking a couple bottles of wine but you only live once so you gotta do what you gotta do but just like run out of there like kick over a table and go fuck the bourgeoisie uh, well i would be me if i was there. <laughs> it's it's fun to go to these places because you look them up online to make a reservation and I just, I love British English because it's so cute to me. In, instead of the dress code, you know, formal, it's just yeah. smart. Yeah. Oh, you look very smart. Thank you. You know, I try, but it's just cute. And I, I just, I miss, miss it so much. But um, it's just a quirky town. And I feel, going back to the song. You, you get to hear all sorts of, sorry. I'm gonna, no, it's okay. I'm going to take us on another quick track. But with the accents, you get to hear, like, you, you're not a fan of hearing, like, oh, so, you know, there was, like, oh, God. I was down and there was too much snow and we just got to get it out of the yard. I got a story for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking worst. Okay. So <clears throat> Did someone try to Fargo you when you were in the UK? Just like, oh, no. you're from Minnesota, you talk like this, you know. No, it's... It's actually, so it's the fucking worst. So <laughs> it's, it's worse. Okay. So the, the day I get back from, <clears throat> yeah. from, um, London, mm -hmm. this is exactly what happens in, in okay. the order. Yeah. So I get back, we land, we pick up our bags, we're waiting in the airport. Michael goes to the bathroom and I'm, I stand there alone for the first time yeah. in months and I mm -hmm. just start bawling. 
Balling. Yeah. Fucking balling. It's yeah. like negative 13 degrees. It was the coldest day of the winter thus far. Yes, yeah. the day I come home. Yeah. Coldest day. Snowing. Yeah. I'm just crying. I'm like, I, I feel like I just lost mm-hmm. the love of my life. Yeah. The city mm-hmm. that I've been living in. And, you know, it was like, it was like, I got there and I was like, you know, just in London. Yeah. But then it was like, by the time I left, I was part of it. Like, yeah. I really felt connected to it. And <clears throat> I was not ready to leave. I did not want to leave. So I get home, I start crying, it's cold, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We go to our old house, yeah. completely vacant. Yeah. I'm like, why did we have to come here tonight? Mom's like, well, yeah. I had to pick up something. I didn't want to come back tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, good. So this is shit. Yeah. So then we go to her new house. It was fine. Fucking cold. Went to bed. Wake up the next morning. Mm-hmm. She never anything to eat. So Michael and I are like, all right, let's yeah. go out for breakfast. So he mm-hmm. takes me out for breakfast yeah. in downtown White Bear, Minnesota. Downtown. Downtown. Yeah, downtown yeah. White Bear, Minnesota. You know, Google it if you've never been. <laughs> it's very cute, but it's not it's a not town. It's not a town. It's not a town. It's, it's a village. <laughs> yeah, basically. So you get there. We go into the most Midwest American fucking breakfast place you can think of. Oh, I think I know what one you go to. Did you go to, uh... I don't know what it's called. Oh, my God. Um, it's, like, right on the corner, I think. It's... I know. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Keys? No, it's not Keys. Next, you didn't go to Keys. Keys is good as hell. Keys isn't in White Bear. Keys is in Hudson. No, there's a Keys Cafe in White Bear. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, we there. didn't go there. We went to this... I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. I don't want to bash them anyway, because yeah. there's nothing wrong with them. It was just... We get in there, mm-hmm. and it's just like a Midwest fucking freak show. Mm-hmm. There's this family of probably six. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. <clears throat> all very overweight. Yeah. And the kid goes, I want three eggs and I want, wait, how do I even do a Minnesota accent? Probably just talk like myself. And he goes, can I get some bacon with that? Like, yes, that's, you're, you've become like Southern. I know, I can't you're, do it. Trying, but, can I, hold on. How do you do a Midwestern accent? You know, can I get three eggs oh, with yeah. that? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I'd really like three pieces of bacon. Can I get three pieces of bacon? Bacon, please. Bacon and eggs yeah. and hash browns. And then she goes, well, I have the sausage and the hash browns and the bacon. I'm like, <laughs> fuck me. Fuck me. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, my God. And then the dad's like, well, I'm going to have, you know, two omelets and three, <laughs> three orders of bacon because I'm real hungry this morning. Uh, you know, uh... You know, I have a glass of milk and a glass of orange juice. (laughs) And I'm just like, where the fuck am I? Like, I'm used to, like, going out for coffee and hearing, you know, what is it? Oh, good morning. Would you, would you like, would you like sugar with your tea? Would you like honey? You just wonder how I order every single time I go to a coffee shop. I just pull the John Luke Picard and I go, what can I get you? And I go, tea, Earl Grey, hot. And they're like, fucking trekkie. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's like it went from everyone sounding beautiful even if you know they were just speaking about going to the bathroom yeah it just all sounded beautiful too you, you know i'll have three talk- three orders of bacon you didn't meet anyone who talked like ozzy osborne there just like hey so you know you go and when you go to the you know piss myself maybe at the bar <laughs> Yeah. A couple I've met a couple people who talk like Ozzy Osbourne here. Yeah. I met a couple people who talk like uh like 
Yeah, basically Ozzy Osbourne. If Ozzy Osbourne was hit in the face with a shovel. I think one of my favorite nights was I was at this bar just down the street from my flat. Mm-hmm. And I was ordering a drink and this guy turns back to me, he goes, Canadian? And I go, yeah, mate. Just kidding, I didn't say that. I said, no. Pretty much, though. And he's like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, Minnesota. And he, he was goes, like, basically he's like, oh, yeah, so you're Canadian. Yeah. And I was like, Minnesota is com- Minnesota is Canada part two. It's Canada the sequel. Sometimes we almost I- were, real quick Minnesota history moment. Before Minnesota was actually a part of the United States, we were very, very <coughs> close to consideration of joining Canada. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. I used to sometimes jokingly tell people I was Canadian, but then everyone would. I mean, yeah. after after the election, you kind of got to tell everyone that you're Canadian. Oh yeah, I was over there during that. Yeah, you're. Yeah, uh, that that would be why I would cry when I get back. Just like, fuck. You're also there during Brexit, though. Yep. Yeah. So that must have been a crazy political time for you in both realms. Where you're like, well, I'm fucked here and I'm fucked from coming back. So. I'm not much into politics. Mm-hmm. I'm very honest about that. But it was kind of fun because sometimes when I would take Uber. Mm-hmm. Is my source of transportation. Um, I would probably 90% of the time get asked, how do you feel about Donald Trump? And Mm -hmm. since I'm not into politics, I would pretty much just swing it back around and I go, well, how do you feel about Brexit? And they just would not talk. I was like, well, you know, I don't know. And it's, it's funny because it's easy for them and for us to say we have it all figured out for, for the other side, but it's, it's not really that way because I don't know. I'm not much into politics, but it was just it was just very interesting, like seeing things over there from their point of view. But yeah. again, I'm not into politics, so no comment. Yeah, no comment. No comment aside from saying I make other people say no comment. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm trying to think if we've got anything else. Yeah. So I just kind of want to do a quick recap. So you go to London. This album comes out. You're listening to it. You're ingraining parts of your time there, um, you're ingraining parts of your being, uh, with, with all of your experiences and stuff, you're just implanting those ideas and concepts into this album. Mm-hmm. You get back into America, you listen to this album for the first time in America, how does it make you feel? Um, I could not listen to it for a couple months. Yeah. It was weird. When was, was the like, first time you were able to listen to it once you got back to the US? I would like listen to songs every once in a while. I would play a couple here songs here and there that I really, you know, were good party music. Like I would play Sylvia and I would play Oxford Blood. But the whole album I probably wasn't able to listen to until about March or April. Mm-hmm. Um which which was three or four months after I got back. Mm -hmm. I think just right away, it was like too soon for me to think about it. I mean, right when I got back, I I definitely was like depressed for a while. Um, I kind of just went into a really bad, bad spot. I was actually kind of depressed, not like Mm -hmm. horribly depressed, but I was kind of depressed for almost like, I don't know, almost like a full nine months to a year. Just, just because I, I don't know, I really felt confused about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because, you know... Well, my, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. My, my, You know, I guess my whole life I've been mm-hmm. trying to put myself in a box, mm-hmm. which I, I, I now realize is stupid. But my whole life... I was just talking about this with my friend at brunch, but mm-hmm. 
um, you know, it was like <clears throat> everyone had their thing, you know, you were into music or, my, you know, my, my friend Bailey's into photography and, mm-hmm. you know, my friend so-and-so's into painting and my friend so-and-so's into this and that and whatever. And I felt like I never had a thing. Mm-hmm. I felt always a little like here and there and everywhere. And I was always trying to find my box. What was my mm-hmm. thing? You know, where could I put myself? <laughs> Because yeah. I just, I never had a box. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm just thinking of the song, Living in a Box. By <laughs> Living in a Box, off the album, Living in a Box. <laughs> well, I've never lived in a box, so, but I was always looking for one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I always wanted one. Everyone else had one. I was like, where's my box? <laughs> I didn't think it was that funny, but I guess it was. There's a double entendre that I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> well, all right. So anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, munch, munch box. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> you good? <laughs> you good? No. <laughs> All right. Um, but box, box, box. <laughs> um, but anyway, I felt like I started going to school for fashion design, yeah. and that kind of felt like the right place, but also didn't because I was at a school. I'm at a school that you know is more technically focused, and I'm more creatively focused, mm-hmm. um, even in the design realm, and. In London, I took only creative classes, mm-hmm. and I felt like I finally was able to just kind of be the person I always wanted to be. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. I had no background. I, I didn't have to be the person that everyone thought that I was, and mm-hmm. I didn't, I feel like, you know, one could look at it and go, well, you weren't really being your true self, but I think I really found my true self there. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I think I really was able to accept myself. It was the first time in my life I was ever really, really alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always had boyfriends, you know that. Um, and even when I went to Stout, my now ex-boyfriend had followed me there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was never really alone. And, and when I went to London, <clears throat> it was the first time, you know, even though I had a boyfriend back home, he wasn't with me. My family wasn't with me. I didn't know anybody else studying there. Not one person. Mm-hmm. And... So I was just able to really kind of like figure out who I am. And it was really good for me because like I said before, I I am a hopeless romantic. I enjoy being in relationships, but at the same time, it's not, it's not always good to be that way because you don't really get a whole lot of time to always do a lot of self-reflection when you're around people so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, life, life goes on and uh, when I was there, I really got to express myself in a lot of different ways that I didn't feel like I could do here, regardless of any reason I just didn't. And there, <clears throat> it was like everything kind of came into place for me. I really found, you know, the kind of music I like. I, I really figured out what kind of people I like to be around, mm-hmm. what kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured out what's really important to me and what's not that important to me. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I being being a you know apparel design person um i really felt like <laughs> i found 
clothes that I have been like needing to, you know, kind of feel like myself. I, mm -hmm. I know that sounds goofy and a little superficial, but no, I trust me from someone who uh, had a lot of issues with clothing and using clothing as a sort of um, catalyst for self-discovery. Like I, I definitely think that. Yeah. That's very possible. Yeah. And I just, I felt like, I found my style, I found my design style, um, <clears throat> which is something I was really trying to find and figure out, excuse me, um, you know, and I, I feel like I just kind of figured out a lot of things I had questioned about myself, and I, I realized that one of the best things about me is that I don't have one particular box that I fit in. I have mm -hmm. a couple really good ones, and <clears throat> I feel like... Um, I don't know, being there was, was really like a good experience for me in a lot of ways. I got to meet a lot of different people that kind of showed me things about myself that I didn't really realize were there. Mm -hmm. The city itself is so diverse. Um, you know, it's just, it's a huge city. It's beautiful. Um, but it was fun. And I <clears throat> forgot kind of where I was going with this. I feel like I've been rambling for a while now. Um, I mean, that's usually what winds up happening. That's what I, that's what I intend to spark. So you sparked it. But um, if I can, can I keep going? I was, I was going to say, did you have more to add to that? Because I do have something that might kind of... Yeah, go for it. If I think of it, I'll so, come back. So my thought is, what this album represents to you is not only your time in London, but your time of self-discovery. Your, your time of understanding who you are and... It's, it's the soundtrack to your, not necessarily coming of age, but coming to terms with yourself of who you are, what you like, who you are as a person, <coughs> who you are as an adult, um, yeah. because you're, what, 22? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 22? I had to do math on that, and I'm shit at math. It's okay. So, <laughs> but no, you're, you're 22, and this is uh, when you're like, what? 21, 20. 21. So yeah, you're 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 really finding out who you are as an adult when you get to be about that age. It's you're you're at the end of you're done with high school. Yep. You're partway through college. You're figuring out all sorts of things that are going to be how you want to live your life as an independent human being, mm -hmm. rather than being you know tethered to the public education system of grade school and high school or. Mm -hmm or tethered to parents and stuff like that, you're in another part of the world, away from everything else, and this is your sort of soundtrack to um, an isolationist, in a sense, um, set of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It... It... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I just, I'm at a loss for words. <clears throat> um, I guess going there, I expected mm -hmm. one thing, and I got ten different things. Mm -hmm. And it was all really eye-opening mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I guess I just, I don't know, it was fun. It was like I was exploring the city, but I was exploring my mind, mm -hmm. too, which was fun. Um and I learned a lot of things, you know, about people, about myself, but I, I learned a lot of things about my craft mm 
my designing craft that I wouldn't have learned here. Um, and it was just, it was just different, you know? And I, I think it was, <clears throat> it was, it was really hard for me to come back because I felt like right when I was leaving, I had just found my spot. Mm -hmm. You ever go to London, you need to spend time in Shoreditch. It's kind of like the music art fashion scene. Yeah. It's kind of the younger scene. Um, it used to be kind of like, <laughs> it's in the east end of London. So a lot of the times people refer to it as kind of the edgy, rough yeah. side of London. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's crazy beautiful. And like, I mean, crazy as in like, like mentally crazy. Like it's, yeah. but it's, it's just beautiful. Like they. Like when you go going down and <coughs> like, I'll just compare it to another uh, city, like in Amsterdam. When you go under like the bridges and you see all the like not not just graffiti but like street art. Yeah, like yeah. there's beautiful street art. There's beautiful fashion. Um, and that was People just riding triple decker bicycles. Also, some weird shit like that. None of that. <laughs> oh, that's Amsterdam. That's also Minneapolis and during May Day. But there was just <laughs> a unique group of people there, and um, I don't know. I felt like I used to do this walk by myself it was like kind of my thing and if people would come and visit me that's where I would take them or if people wanted to do something with me that's where I would take them if they'd ever been but I would take the train some line to the blue line to the black line and I'd get off in Shoreditch mm -hmm. and I'd walk for about 20 minutes until I got to like where I wanted to be in Shoreditch mm -hmm. but my walk was just it was like my walk mm -hmm. you know like it was kind of my place that I don't feel like anyone else connected with as much as I did. And, um, you know, it was <clears throat> through a lot of, you know, back alleyways, um, a lot of like weird little like shops on the way. Um, and just, just a fun walk. It was, it was like my city sort of walk. And there was like a lot of street markets, um, street food, there's this amazing street food market. And I would always go there and I'd get Japanese food and bubble tea, um, which was fun. And they had, like, different art stores there, and they had this one clothing shop that I miss so much. It was called Glassworks. Mm -hmm. And do you remember when I came back, I wore those green pleated pants? For, like, ever? Like, forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got those. That was, like, my outfit. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got those, and um, they had this other shop down there called The Box Shops, mm -hmm. and it was, like, 36 to 40 little square mm -hmm. shops. Um, and that was really fun. I love shopping, so that was really fun for me. And then, I guess, like, I don't really know where I was going with this again, but, um, sorry, my brain's a little out of it from being sick. No. Um. Pump up on NyQuil and whatnot. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was in a NyQuil coma yesterday. That's, that's the way to get over being cold, but I'm assuming that the entire time you're doing this walk, you're just blasting this album in your headphones. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Um, and, like, it just kind of reminds me of, like, getting on the train a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that sounds weird, but the actual action of getting on the train and getting off the train. Mm -hmm. And I miss that. I just, I miss being able to just get anywhere so easily. Like, I hate sitting in traffic. What is the, let's, let's close with the, uh, <clears throat> the, the train announcement. Then I remember this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mind's the gap between the train and the platform. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being on here. You're welcome. Yeah.
Thanks for dealing with my coughing and disgusting voice. No, you're, you're not the first person to sound awful on here, because that would be me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. All right. I want to say thanks again to my sister, Marissa, uh, for being on the podcast. Uh, it was interesting to hear her talk about London, because during the same time that you know she was in London, uh, I was also going through the early stages of my gender transition. And so we were both kind of experiencing this coming into our own and uh, understanding our identities as adult individuals um, in two separate parts of the world. But I think that that's just something that's kind of fascinating to me, that we were experiencing similar things at a, at a very similar time, despite, despite the contexts and everything surrounding each of those to be very, very different. Um, I really enjoyed having her on the podcast, and I'm hoping that, you know, if I do another duplicate episode, that she would join me again. Uh, if you like the show... Oh, sorry. I little bit of extra housekeeping. I do want to have a little bit of a quick shameless plug here. So, Colorcaster, the band I'm in, the band that does the theme music for the show, the song lines, um, we have... Two shows coming up, so if you're in the Twin Cities area and uh, want to check us out, um, we have one on February 9th at Club Underground. Love playing there. Um, it's a really great show the last time we played there. And February 17th at Cadence. I've never played there. I believe it's a record store. Um, at least that's to my knowledge. We're going to be playing with Cloud both times, I believe, and a couple other bands um, I'm not sure who's all on the bill. I know some of those things are still somewhat up in the air. At least that's what I last heard. Um, so that's my quick shameless plug for today's episode. Thank you to Andre and Carl for providing the music for today's episode. I also want to thank Tony. I want to thank Tony. I want to thank Tony. The reason I'm saying it so many times is because I believe I forgot to thank him in the last episode. Um, so... I'm not, I, I did not forget you this time, Tony. Let it be known. Um, so thank you for uh, hosting my podcast on the Pretty Punk Podcast Network. Thank you for all the help you do with editing um, and helping me get this, this whole thing uh, distributed and put together properly. If you like the show, uh, please subscribe. Give it a review on iTunes, wherever you downloaded it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hainari. That's H-A-Y-N-A-R-I. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This has been Note for Note. I have been Michelle Lightshoe. Please be sure to check us out next time when my guest will be Jerry Garcia. Until then, have a magical Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Hell, have a magical month. If you should.